0: Welcome to the MatCast. This is a podcast that helps artists to engage the church and the church to engage artists. My name is Matt Anderson, and I want to thank you for joining us. Also want to invite you to please subscribe to this podcast and then give us a five star review on whatever platform you're listening on. It was about uh, two months ago that uh, a young man came up to me after uh, a church service. I had uh, spoken there on a Sunday morning, and then I was in the, the church lobby at my book table, and a young man approached me to say some encouraging things about what he had heard and experienced that morning. Um, he was, I would say, a rather intimidating-looking <laughs> individual. Um, y- you could tell that he had been around the block a couple times and walks up, and he's got like All these neck tattoos, you know. One of them says, "Don't tread on me," you know. (laughs) I'm like, "Don't, don't, please, don't tread on me." And um, we had a very pleasant conversation, and you could tell that the uh, the Lord had done um, a really great work in his life. And then, you know, we both moved on to talking to other people. But when everything was finished, and I was kind of loading things back up into my car, and um got into the front seat and started the vehicle when all of a sudden this uh, humongous pickup truck um, comes and almost blocks my way. Not almost, it blocked my way. <laughs> this thing was about the size of the Superdome and uh, I, I had to look up to see who was driving. And it was the young guy who I had previously met in the lobby. And so he disembarks his vehicle, and he walks over to uh, to my window, and I lower it, and really almost with no context at all, he said, uh, you know, you should tell your story more often. And I, I was a little spellbound because this guy doesn't know my story. Uh, we had just met. And he All he said was, I I just, you know, believe the Lord wanted me to tell you that before I left today. And, you know, at least in my line of work, and especially in my uh, tribe of the kingdom of God, you you do hear that a lot. You'll have people who will say, the Lord told me to tell you this. And, you know, I often will commence eye rolling at what comes next. Um, I have to tell you when he said that, I think I spent the next hour driving going, hmm. Because I think my story is in my head so often that I assume I tell it all the time and I just weary people of it. Um, and then I realize I, I actually think it's been a long time since I've really told anybody, except maybe on a one-on-one setting when someone's been over to my home and I'm just getting getting to know them a little bit. Um, and I don't know if you feel the same way I do. Sometimes I feel like if I tell my story, it's just people are just sitting there waiting for it to be over, and you wonder if it's really doing much of any good. I have to admit, though, I really, I really took that young guy's thoughts to uh, to heart, and realized that this might be the best vehicle to do that because you know we we are talking about. Loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how that looks. And we've been exploring that all month. And to me, I think one of the great ways that we love the Lord is by knowing and appreciating and telling our story. It's really the best, it's the best way to be able to share Christ because if, I mean, hopefully Christ is the story. And ours, I mean, not that what we go through isn't important, but it's not just that. We're not just an island. So I thought, well, what a, you know, that really is a great way to show love for the Lord because it helps me to remember what he's rescued me from. And when I get the chance to then tell that story to other people, you know, you hope it encourages them. So I've, I I won't lie to you. I've been delaying doing this episode because, um, and I'm sure a lot of it's pride. Um, I don't want to be seen as a charity case. Uh, I I don't like people to know my story until they really know me because I I just, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be seen as a victim, I think. And, I, I want people to get to know me. And then when I tell them my story, I to me, it almost feels like the Lord gets greater glory because they, you know, I've had people come up to me and assume that I'm a pastor's kid. And I would, <laughs> I would tell them, well, I am a PK, I'm a pagan's kid. Uh, and so sometimes I think when people do finally hear the actual story, I think it does leave the Lord with greater glory. So, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do the long saga here, but I'm gonna sort of give you the um, the highlights uh, of the story, and then and then later on when we come back, um, I want to tie it into obviously uh, the Lord's part in the story. Um, my family was dysfunctional. I'll just start off that way. <laughs> uh my uh, My mother, who was saved uh via a, a Billy graham crusade um, and then even told me she ended up baptizing herself in the family bathtub uh, she uh, She married my father, who was not a believer in christ and um, I think my mom thought she could change him. Uh, I mean they were you know they were both a little rough around the edges and uh, so their relationship was rather volatile, and my mother actually had a series of miscarriages. She wanted a very large family, she wanted lots of kids um, and she ended up having three she ended up having three boys, which she found out was more than enough to handle. Uh, <laughs> And, um, my dad, I think initially, you know, he went to church. We all went to church as a family when I was a little kid and I, you know, I've heard stories that he actually got up and did some teaching at at a time or two. And so I don't know, I I was way too young or maybe not even alive when all that was happening. So I'm I'm not sure of, of the level of sincerity. All I know is I don't think that was something he could sustain and I think, um, I think the marriage became quite volatile and uh, uh, my father turned to alcohol and was an alcoholic um, and on one particular day uh, that turned violent um, it was a Saturday afternoon as I recall and I think I was probably five or six and um, it ended up with uh, my parents in a in a tussle in the kitchen. And it was, uh, it, was it was pretty legit. And um, I think my dad wanted to really harm her and was trying to get his hands around her throat and maybe even throw her out the window if he could. And my mom yelled for for us boys to get out of the house to run. And we did. And we we just kind of sat in the car. Hoping for her exit, and one way or another, she got herself out of that. And she got in the car, and we went to our grandmother's house. And our family was was really no more at that point. And uh, once the divorce occurred, you know, it it really turned into sort of gamesmanship. And um, I think uh, often, you know, my mom would uh, use the the legal system to sort of punish my dad. And um, my dad responded with, uh, I guess it was the only way he knew how. Uh, In a way, he sort of punished uh, my brothers and me um, by really not forming relationship. Uh, Within a year, he was remarried, and I think his energies were kind of redirected more towards his his new family, which happens a lot. Um, And what I would only put together at the end of my dad's life, which was about a year and a half ago, was that he could not look at um, his sons without seeing his ex-wife. And so for such a long time in my life as I tried to really get his attention, and I was really dealing with feelings of abandonment and uh, wanting desperately his approval because that's what every son wants and not getting it. So I became a high achiever in order to do that, and I was on the honor roll all the time, and I found things that I could excel at, Um, well actually I had to be the best at it, or I pretty much would not do it. And, you know, I did all the, for me, (laughs) some guys play football and get varsity jackets. I, I, on the other hand, uh, did Bible quiz and uh, academic bowl team. So, as you could tell, I was quite the stud of uh, Sterling High School. But I was trying to find some way to do well and get his attention, and it just never seemed to work. And that was really our relationship with him throughout But in high school, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was my freshman year of high school. And um, we lived that. uh, We in the family lived that with her through her entire ordeal, through the mastectomies and through the radiation treatments and the chemotherapy um, got to the point where once I was driving, um, I was driving... um, Sometimes I was driving to and from, sometimes it was just one way uh, to Chicago for my mother's treatments, and uh, they uh, she was in remission for a while, but then it returned with a vengeance uh, during my senior year of high school. And we we brought her into the hospital somewhere, I think, in November of that year, and she would never get out of the hospital as the uh, the cancer would just spread all over the place. Uh, eventually, even to her brain, um, she couldn't distinguish her sons from the other uh, near the end, which was really painful. And, you know, just seeing that slow deterioration and a lot of you hearing my voice have uh, have been through that. And so she passed away. Actually, as I'm recording this, it's almost to the day, 35 years, 35 years ago. And uh, during my senior year of high school. And so the abandonment feelings were um, obviously, once again, uh, pretty prominent. But I didn't know what they were. I just just went into Christian, keep smiling, make everybody around you happy mode. Because I didn't know any other mode. Because we never talked about stuff in our family. Uh, we just all, you know, we, a lot of times we used humor to clamp down on the reality. And, uh, that would be how I ended up going to Bible school and into ministry. And I, I tried to do it from my very limited understanding of God, but it really wasn't until my late twenties that I was at such a point that, uh, I was pretty miserable to be around. And I was taking it out on other people and then on myself, of course, and really was in danger of, of losing everything in ministry um, because of my actions. And the Lord, through the help of a friend and the help of a therapist, helped me to understand that I needed to realize who the Father really was, because my concept of one was way off. (laughs) And through the help of, uh, obviously, the Lord's constant love and grace, a friend's very truthful recommendation, and the hard work and, and spirit leading of a therapist, I was able to get a much greater understanding that God was for me and not against me. So that's kind of the the medium sized story. What I want to do in a moment is talk about the Lord's role in all of it. Because for the longest time, I never even thought of it. I was just thinking of me in the narrative. That's it. And what I did and the decisions I made, good and bad. But I want you to realize that you do have a story in your life, but it's not about you. There is the story of Jesus death and resurrection his life and all that he all that he gives to us but then there's also his role in your personal story and until we can make that attachment i don't think we've i don't think we've really flushed out what this life is and and how the lord wants to use what has happened for his glory written a book and want it published, but you just can't get past the gatekeepers of the publishing world? (laughs) Gone are the days of submitting a manuscript as an unknown and being signed to a multi-book deal. And unless you know someone in the industry, tough luck for you. Here at Providence Publishers, we believe in you and in your talent. We want to help you self-publish your book and get your name out there into the marketplace. Just submit your pre-approved manuscript, complete with misspellings, bad punctuation, horrible grammar, and Providence will publish it. No questions asked. Just purchase 1000 copies of your book upfront and your reality of being a published author is fulfilled. Listen to Ned,
1: one of our authors, about his experience. Uh, yeah, I was uh, so excited to pay for and receive 1,000 copies of my Christian cooking book, Angel Food Not Devil's Food. <laughs> kind of a clever little title there. <laughs> Anyhow, I uh, couldn't really sell any of the books, so I. I gave them away as stocking stuffers, uh, wedding presents, and uh, e- even think I sent one to a baby shower one one time. And then, and then I realized that I could use the books as uh, furniture. You know, if you if you stack them just right and make yourself a lovely little end table or a, a nightstand next to your bed. I mean, the possibilities are are endless. So. So for now, the, uh, the remaining 921 copies sit in my garage. But uh, now I'm a published author, who's a bit poorer. Uh, thanks, Providence
0: Publishers. It is Providence that your book become a reality. And with our aggressive marketing campaign of sending a Facebook ad to 100 targeted customers, We're putting our money where someone's mouth is. It's time to get your dream book published today. All it takes is your creativity and a small loan from your bank. We believe in you. We're Providence Publishers and we think you're entitled. One morning during devotions dropped a really hard thought on me. And again, I you know, I had been through um, at least two years of therapy and, and really God had just accomplished so much in my life. But then I remember the Lord very clearly was calling me to do an illustrated sermon of my life to my church. And I immediately refused him um, because I'm normal. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love to say I'm Samuel here. Here am I, Lord, you know, send me. <laughs> and I just went, nope, that ain't him. Uh, and through a, a lot of tussling, the Lord was able to break through on that. And I was very scared. I was so scared to put my life on display and it's tough because it's a very heavy-handed sort of a thing, and and I don't I don't like manipulation, especially from the pulpit, and I, I didn't want to be guilty of that, and so I really wrestled with how is the, I don't want this to be about we feel so sorry for Matt, and uh, I really wanted the Lord's glory, and I wanted people to also take a look at their own lives, at maybe things they haven't talked about, to see if. Maybe this could be an engine that cranks that up. And the, the beautiful part of it is what the Lord helped me to do as I was going to illustrate this uh, to my church was that I recognized I needed to have a Jesus figure. And I, I think I showed four different scenes from my from my life. But what became very clear was that I needed a Jesus character who was visible and who was in the scene. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have any lines, uh, but his presence was there. And I remember when I when I realized that that it wasn't just me showing these scenes. But then I became very clear, I need to show that the Lord was there. Now, what I think ticks off a lot of people when bad things happen to them is they say, where was the Lord and why didn't he stop it? That can be an almost impossible question sometimes to answer. And I can only answer in relation to my own life. I think it does break the Lord's heart when people who should know better Uh, do things that can traumatize, especially a kid. And no, the Lord didn't strike my dad down with thunder that day or lightning. And um, he didn't, quote unquote, stop him from attacking my mother. He didn't stop the cancer that ravaged uh, her body um why questions are very rarely helpful i have found because then we're getting into a higher pay grade cuz we never think that you know when we do something really well we don't think well why didn't god stop us you know suddenly we did all that god had no role in it at all so yeah look what i did you know <laughs> we don't we don't include the lord in on that but But when the bad stuff happens, you know, uh, and I, I don't want to trivialize what some of you have been through. The only thing I can tell you is that when those things happen, the Lord was there. It broke his heart. But in his divine wisdom, he already knew how he was going to make a path of healing from it for you and for others. And see, here's the thing your story isn't just for you. I think this goes back to why the young man said this to me at the church. Because sometimes I just I, I just feel like ugh enough already. And I think I had to be reminded that my story is for others. Because all I can tell you is the Lord used that occasion of this illustrated sermon to remind me that he was there in those dark moments, that I was never left alone. I wasn't abandoned. The Lord saw it all. He marked it all. He documented it all and already had a purpose, already had a purpose lined up for my life so that years later I could stand in front of a room full of teenagers or I could stand in a sanctuary of uh, Christians and be able to say, Yeah, lousy things happen, but in Jesus, nothing is wasted. So even when people think they're wasting our life, God is only going to turn that around so much more. You know, much like Joseph, when he said what what the devil meant for evil or the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And so, yeah, man sometimes will do his absolute worst, but it doesn't mean that God can't still do his absolute best. And I would not be recording this right now had it not been for the grace and love of my Lord. I would probably be at the bottom of a bottle right now. I don't mean of soft drink. He found a way not only to help me to see that he was involved from the very beginning, but that he had predesigned me to then be able to look into the eyes of other people and say, yes, this is awful. But this doesn't have to be the end of you. This doesn't have to define you because I'm telling you the Lord, it broke his heart too. And now he wants to come around and show you what fatherhood is. He wants to show you what real love is. You can trust him. You don't have to recoil from him. He's not going to take advantage of you. And it doesn't mean you have to go through things to be able to help and minister to people. All I'm saying is, is when you have been through that kind of stuff, it's not because you're not loved. It doesn't mean it's not because you're on God's hit list. Um, for whatever reason, the Lord in his sovereignty has said, this is, what, this is what I'm going to do through this person. And even when man does stupid things, the Lord shows that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Your story means something. And if you want to deepen your love for Christ... I want you to recapture your story, but not just being able to say it in a secular way of, I want my voice to be heard, but to be able to weave in the love and story of Jesus Christ into your life and his presence, even in the worst moments. And how the Lord has manufactured through your life, now you can be an agent of healing and help to other people who have gone through circumstances of their own nothing is wasted. Understand your story, even through your mistakes, by the way, even through your blunders, you can show that just like other great people in the Bible, the Lord didn't say, all right, that's too much. And the Lord recaptured and the Lord redeemed. and, And he said, look, I will restore. I'm not done with you. See, we all have a story worth telling. We just need to reconnect him with it. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the Madcast. Our theme music is by Sound Diffusion. We really hope to see you again soon. It's been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information about our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.